Hi, it's Portent, and welcome to this week's episode under Uno Duo series, where we bring you crowdsourced minimum actionable responses to important questions in 15 minutes or less. Mwihaki Mondia, a die-hard environment advocate and comms specialist, will be looking at how the adoption of Bracaria grass could be a game-changer for sub-Saharan livestock farmers. As part of her communications specialist role at the International Livestock Research Institute in Nairobi, Kenya, Mwihaki distills expert research into technologies that improve smallholder farmers' livelihoods in sub-Saharan Africa. Fun fact, Mwihaki loves the outdoors. I guess a no-brainer why she loves having conversations about preserving our environment and more importantly, these different types of grass. In today's episode, we're looking at how precaria grass is suited for sub-Saharan Africa, particularly the climates and soil types that it thrives best in. Mwihaki further weighs in on the dynamic rivalry within fodder options such as the popular Napier and precaria grass. Bracaria has proven to perform well in low fertile soils as well as fertile soils. So that's good news for people who live in arid zones or semi-arid zones. But for better yields, the soil where the grass will be planted should be tested to determine the pH. Because Bracaria grows to its full height of up to 1.5 meters in well-drained soil of medium to high fertility with a pH of 5 to 8 in low fertility soils, so that's in semi-arid and arid areas, it grows up to four feet, which is like almost my height. So that's great news, even for farmers who live in low fertile, really hot areas. So I think the thing to note here is the pH of your soil. Bracaria is also adapted to drought and low fertile soils, which is much better than its competitors in Eastern Africa, which are Napier and Rhodes grass. So unlike Rhodes and Napier grass, it withstands long periods of drought of up to six months, which is great news. What we are trying to solve here is just livestock productivity and Sub-Saharan Africa is just a huge huge chunk of land that can't rely on one forage grass or two forage grasses, right? So we're just hoping that Bracaria is adapted as widely as Napier grass. In addition, a lot of the Bracaria grass qualities actually, I hate to use your word, but rival <laughs> the Napier grass qualities. And I'll, I'll give you a few. So at first glance, it might look a little similar to Napier, but when you look closer physically, you will see the difference becoming just a bit more pronounced. For starters, Bracaria is way taller than Napier grass. It grows up to 1.5 meters and it's much darker in color and it produces seeds, which Napier grass does not. So the production of seeds is a great quality because it allows for commercialization, right? With that in mind, I'd like to say that Napier grass is also being improved so that the varieties are just as good as Bracaria grass and also climate adaptive. Thing is, the chemical analysis and research in Rwanda and Kenya on Bracaria show that they are very similar chemical-wise and they have been ranked as similar in their nutritional qualities. However, the trials and farmers' perceptions have indicated that animals and farmers preferred Bracaria to Napier grass. This is an indication of the 
probably the palatability. So it probably tastes better than Napier to the cows and the livestock, the goats. And with the substitution of Napier grass by Bracaria amongst farmers supplied with grass by our scientists and our extension workers in the field, there, there has been increased daily body weight in cattle of up to 205 grams per day during a 12-week period. Kenyan farmers reported increased on-farm forage availability by three months after the introduction of Bracaria. Then, Napier grass is a heavy feeder with high water intake. It takes up a lot of nutrients from the soil and is highly demanding of nutrients and manure. It's also not suitable for direct grazing since stamping results in poor regeneration. So once the animals stamp over Napier grass, it doesn't regenerate. But Bracaria will regenerate two to three weeks after it's been cut with direct grazing. Another advantage of Bracaria over Napier grass is that it establishes easily. So farmers can take splits. Splits are like the vegetative propagations or cuttings, and it just establishes easily with moist soils. Farmers are advised to carry out routine top dressing after every cutting or grazing, but it establishes and grows very easily. The grass also has thick leaves, which make it difficult for weeds to thrive. Like one of the biggest issues that Napier grass has is the, um, the pests and diseases that attack it. So Napier is heavily threatened by smut and stunting diseases, which have been reported to cause damage ranging from up to 90% of, the, of their crop. There are over 100 species of Bracaria grass native to sub-Saharan Africa, but due to the limited investment in forage research and development, we do not even know what's growing naturally in our own continent. So we could be mistaking Bracaria grass species for weeds or just regular grass and not knowing that this is grass that is so beneficial to our livelihoods and to our livestock farming. So increased investment in forage research and development is one of the best ways that we could fully explore Bracaria grass in sub-Saharan Africa. Another way is by raising awareness of the already explored species to farmers and provision of the seeds. So country organizations such as my country organization, CALRO, Kenya Agricultural Livestock Research Organization, provides seeds to farmers, but there's such little awareness. So only, let's say, 4,000 or 5,000 farmers will have access to the seeds just because they do not know. So raising awareness of the already explored species would be a great way to just increase their use. And we should also raise the awareness of the forage potential to our governments and to policymakers, just so that the seeds can be commercialized in our countries in sub-Saharan Africa. One of the things that our organizations in our African countries are trying to do is um, work on improved varieties within our own country so that we don't have to commercialize the seeds because what we are doing right now is importing the seeds from South America. So from Brazil and from Colombia, importing um, improved seedlings that are climate smart and planting them here. So at the beginning, I think it will be commercialized, but with increased investment in research and development, more organizations like ILRI and um, Rwanda Agricultural Board and Tanzania's National Institute will come up with seedlings that are improved, not seedlings, but seeds that are improved and climate smart so that we don't have to import them from South American countries and from Australia and all those countries. But I have to say that 
let's say your neighbor is growing bracaria, you can always get the splits or the seedlings from them, probably free of charge. It's crazy that we have to import seeds from countries such as Brazil and Colombia and Australia for plants and forage that is grown naturally and is native to our African continent. But until there's improved um, investment in research and development, we will have to sadly commercialize the seeds or at least hope that our governments and other organizations invest in research and development that will result in us having these seeds, these improved seeds developed in our national, within our national organizations by organizations such as ILRI and um, Rwanda Agricultural Board and Kenya Agricultural Livestock and Research Organization and other national institutions that are keen to develop improved seeds that are climate smart and that will improve the livelihoods of our sub-Saharan livestock farmers. However, for farmers that are already growing the, the brack area forage in African countries, it is very easy to get cuttings or splits from your neighbor or from a farmer that is already practicing this kind of farming and plant them in your, in your farmland at probably the cost the farmer will sell to you or free of charge, just depending on your relationship. So we don't completely 100% rely on seeds. We also rely on splits and cuttings. On our next series, we'll be looking at how tech innovation is being leveraged to update legacy agricultural production and supply chain realities in Africa. Our guest will be Kula co-founder and CEO, Caridas Chincholo. But in the meantime, this is where we invite your input. Click on the Unajua link in the show notes to leave us a 60-second voice note with your reaction to this episode. Or you can tweet us under the hashtag Unajua series or leave us a DM at African Roundup. All right, that's it from me. Take it easy.